I think there is great value in even if it's a small piece of your heart and soul that's whispering to you over and over and over again to listen to that because it's taking you somewhere you may not have planned, maybe you didn't expect, but chances are good it's it's more than you ever dreamed of for yourself. Hello and welcome to the EverCoach podcast, the online destination for a coach that wants to create a positive impact in the world and make good money along the way. I'm your host, Ajit Nawalka, and every week I'll bring you the world's best thinkers, coaches, trainers to share some of their best ideas to solve real client problems, live a prosperous life, and be an even better version of ourselves. I am so excited for you to be here at the Evercoach Podcast. Today, my guest is Carrie Peters. Carrie is absolutely a rock star. She rocked the conversation we just had, and I absolutely love what she has to share with you today. Carrie is the founder, co-founder of Health Coach Institute, healthcoachinstitute.com. They have certified over 20,000 coaches in the past, like five or six years or something like that. She's an amazing coach herself. And what she and her business partner, Stacy has done together, I think is mind-blowing. It's, it's game-changing. They have put together health coaching and life coaching as one single certification, one single program. Now, we're going to discover a lot more about Carrie, a lot more about her work and her journey, which I think is specifically very inspiring for you all new coaches that are listening to this particular episode because she will blow your mind on how she approached building her career and how fruitful it has been in the coming years for her. And of course, like I said, now she has gone to a level where she's certifying people and over 20,000 of them in the last few years. So I'm super pumped and excited to share this conversation with you that I had with Carrie, and I'm sure you're going to love this too. So as you're listening to this episode and you find that breakthrough moment, go ahead and give us a rating, give us a review, give us a comment so we know that you're loving these conversations. Also subscribe, that way you get a notification every single time we release a new episode every Friday. You will love our future conversations that are coming up in the coming few weeks. Anyways, right now, let's invite Carrie Peters. Hello, hello, Carrie. I'm so very excited to have you on the Evercoach podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's my pleasure. It's so fun to be here, get to talk about coaching. What better yeah, way to spend the time? <laughs> that is true. That is true. Coaching has been such a blessing in my life, and I know it has been a blessing in yours. And I'm so excited to bring you on because um, and it was a coincidence. I stumbled upon your your programs on your website the other day, just about a couple of weeks ago. And I was so impressed in what you've been able to bring together at the Health Coach Institute that I was like, I have to get in touch with Carrie. And, and I reached out to you and you were so generous in responding back and connecting back on it. And I'm so excited to have you today on our podcast. Oh, well, thank you for reaching out to me. I've been a fan of Evercoach for sure. You guys put out incredible content and training. And so it's really an honor to be included in your world. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, Carrie, tell me a little bit about yourself because our listeners, I'm, I've given an introduction of yourself, but of course, our listeners would love to know the story behind creation of Carrie Peters and creation of the Health Coach Institute because that is something that I think we really resonate with as coaches. And while we are building our businesses and while we are getting the confidence to be able to coach, getting the awareness to be able to coach, we could use some powerful stories 
that remind us of the power of coaching, that remind us of the possibility of results that we can create in the world. So I'd love to hear your background, where do you come from, how you got started? Well, to be honest, like as we're talking, I'm all, I'm all of a sudden getting very emotional because I, which I didn't anticipate. Um, but I think there's a way in which as a, a, a coach or an entrepreneur who's, you're striving for excellence, you just sort of put your head down and you do the work. And you don't really sit back and think about what you've accomplished. You just <laughs> you just go, I got it. all right, what's the next level of excellence? What's the next level of growth? What do we do? You know, and so to hear you talk about that is about Health Coach Institute. It just, I'm just kind of floored because we, we have trained over 20,000 coaches all over the world. We have a dual health and life coach certificate, which makes us really unique. I've been a professional coach for 14 years, along with my uh, co-founder, Stacey Morgenstern, outstanding coach. Um, but I mean, I never could have imagined any of that when I started, never, ever. When I first thought about coaching, I, I was like, well, that's crazy. I could never do that. I mean, I, I didn't really even understand what it was. Um, and I thought, well, I'll look at you know, becoming a licensed clinical social worker. I'll look at getting my PsyD. I mean, I had been a professional actress. I don't know if I told you this. Did I mention no, that? No, you didn't. No. I had been a professional actress since I, I went to a conservatory theater school, DePaul University. Um, and so I'd been a professional from the age of 22 to, I think I retired at about maybe nine, 10 years ago. Um, but I, that was my dream. And I found that when I came home from the theater every night, and I primarily did theater, um, I would binge eat. Uh, it was chocolate fudge brownie frozen yogurt. <laughs> ben and Jerry's. And I had frozen yogurt because it was, you know, not ice cream. So that was better, even though probably over the course of my 20s, I probably ate like 300 pints of it, <laughs> maybe more. Um, but I, I really, I, there was just like, there was a moment when, it, I lived in Chicago and there was a major snowstorm. It was the middle of winter. And for those who've been there, the snowstorms can be brutal. And we were told, stay off the road, don't drive. Like it's very dangerous conditions. But I looked in my freezer and I did not have chocolate fudge brownie frozen yogurt. I was at, and I was like, oh, well, I have to go get it. I have to go get it. I cannot make it through the night if I don't get it. I get in my little car. It was a little white Mitsubishi something or other that I had no business driving in the snow. Mm -hmm. And um, wow, I'm so emotional. I just <laughs> didn't anticipate that. Um, but I remember getting in the car and skidding through the street. There were barely any cars out there. And I was looking for it was called White Hen Pantry. It was basically like a 7-Eleven in Chicago. And they would have a two for $5 deal. Well, I was broke. <laughs> so I wanted to find the two for $5 deal. Yeah. And I'm like <laughs> driving, nearly killing myself in this snowstorm. And I pulled up to a light. And I remember it was one of those moments where like time stood still and I could see the snow falling onto the windshield in the, in the, like with the street light. And I could hear the windshield wipers going and the heat coming out of the, the heater. And I just remember like this moment of like something in my soul said, this can't be it. Like you can't, this isn't right. You are risking life and limb 
to go get ice cream so you can cope with your evening. Like mm. something is something is wrong and and mm. there has to be a change. And so I started really from that moment just gingerly seeking here and there and seeking like information on health, nutrition, wellness, maybe changing how I ate to see if I could change how I feel, if I could pull back a little from this like massive binge or binge eating disorder, food addiction that I was struggling with. And I started to know some notice like positive changes. And I just started, started to devour personal growth books and I just got into it. And my sister actually sent me an email that was a story about this person called a health coach. And I was like, what is that? Cause I was looking at like, oh, I guess I'd have to go to school for five years, seven years. I'm going to be, you know, $80,000 in debt, whatever yeah. it's going to be to go to grad school. And I'm like, health coach, what is that? And I started searching on it and reading her story. And I was like, completely intrigued. And this was back in 2005, you know, this was oh. a long time ago when this was really not well-known. So well like, yeah. researching this going, is this even real? Like, is it seriously? Can I, so I can help people with their health, with their life. I can learn to do it in a fairly short time period. And then I could have a career where I decide when I work and when I don't and who I work with and who I don't. And I can still be an actor and all this. It just felt too good to be true. But there was a part of me that was like, you know what? I don't care if I ever become a coach. And quite frankly, I didn't believe I could because <laughs> my <laughs> life was such a mess. <laughs> I, was like, I don't think I should be telling other people how to live their life. But I basically decided, you know what? Even if I never do this for a living, I need coaching for me. I need a change. I don't know how to do it but I have this gut feeling that coaching could help me. It could give me like the, the holistic support, mind, body, spirit. Uh, Cause you know, when you have an eating disorder saying like, eat this, don't eat that is not effective. Like it's not gonna work, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so I needed a mind, body sort of soul approach. And um, I knew change would not be easy but I thought maybe with the right support and the right systems and the right accountability, maybe I could make a change. And so I went for it and I could kind of could, I just couldn't believe I was doing it because it was such a left field. That wasn't my dream. My dream was to be an actor, but here life was taking me to this thing. Um, and I really, since then in 2006, I mean, my life has changed completely and utterly. <laughs> I, at the time when I was starting my coaching career, I had called off an engagement. I had my eating disorder. I was in debt. I had all the, and because of coaching, and now I'm married. I have a child. I'm in been in recovery for many, many years from that eating disorder, and created a career that I love. I work from anywhere in the world. There's no limit on my income. I I, I get to help people change their life, and I think that's why I got so emotional. Is like. I think back to the person that I was and just having that little, like little calling inside, even though my head was like, this is crazy. What are you doing? You can't do it. Number one. And number two, it's crazy. Like, don't do that. <laughs> that was my head. Right. But my gut and my heart, just, I was just drawn and I couldn't, I just couldn't not do it. 
And I had no idea that all of this was waiting on the other side, but I think there is great value in even if it's a small piece of your heart and soul that's whispering to you over and over and over again to listen to that because it's taking you somewhere you may not have planned, maybe you didn't expect, but chances are good it's it's more than you ever dreamed of for yourself. That is a beautiful story, Carrie. And thank you for sharing that. And I can I can see myself resonating with that because all of us started, or so I think at least, a lot of us started uh, by recognizing that we need a coach and we need some advanced training for ourselves to be able to get out of the funk that we are in in our lives. So I'm grateful that you found your solution. What is very interesting to me, and this is something that you said in passing, and I know it's, uh, it's probably an underlying theory in the health coaching institute because you do a dual certification. And I was really, it was really fascinated when I saw it. I was like, this is great. This is brilliant uh, because I don't know how somebody can change their health without changing their life. And how right. can somebody say I've changed my life and ignore their health? It's just not possible. It just right. doesn't seem uh, uh, very possible. And then I saw your website and I'm like, perfect. Somebody is doing it. Saying, <laughs> no, listen, you can't, do without one of the other you have to do both of them for it to make sense uh, right. to transform your own life forget about somebody else's to even change your own habits your 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 health your reality your life your relationships all of them are so right. deeply connected to to life principles and health principles so i would like like you to explore this a little bit more because i know you said about 14 years ago or so you started your journey as a health coach how yeah. did you firstly um, what, how were those first initial years as a health coach? And how did you stumble onto the idea of saying, well, it doesn't make any sense to have only health coaching as, as, the, as the format of transformation. It has to have elements of life. Great question. The first two years were very difficult um, because I didn't know that I actually, even though I had taken a training, I didn't know that I didn't know how to coach. <laughs> I took a training where I got a coach certification that actually just doesn't teach you how to coach. And I didn't understand that. So one of the things that happened early on, I was working with a client and uh, she's wonderful. And I had this whole plan for how the session was going to go. I'm going to talk about, you know, greens and adding green foods to your diet. Right. And I'm all planned out. I'm going to talk about the. And she comes on to the, the call with me and she's sobbing about her husband. And I promptly like flipped out because I didn't know what to do <laughs> because I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to coach. I knew how to tell people, how to tell them how to make changes in their diet and lifestyle. What I didn't understand is there are going to be so many other issues that people come to me with, right? And I am in that moment. I wasn't married. She'd been married for years. I wasn't married. My relationships were a mess, right? So I was like, I'm not a relationship expert. Like, what, what am I going to say in this moment? I can't say. I knew enough to know. I can't say, let's talk about greens. Like, that wouldn't be effective, <laughs> Um, and in that moment, I was like, it really shook me because I thought I cannot charge people thousands of dollars to come coach with me. If they're going to be bringing these things to me about their life that I don't know how to handle. 
And that was when I realized like, this is not just about health. This is going to go quickly beyond foods to eat, when to sleep, how much water to drink. Like those things are important and they do make a difference in people's lives, a big difference. And I just learned very early on from this experience and several others with other clients that, that it's going to be about everything else too. And I thought, okay, I am either A, not cut out for this, B, don't know what I'm doing, which was very hard to admit to myself after investing thousands of dollars in coach training. <laughs> that, that hurt. <laughs> I was like, ouch. So I'm, I'm either not meant for this, I don't know what I'm doing, or I have to learn what to do. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start listening to other coaches coach. And I was able to be a fly on the wall with some friends and colleagues who were doing well as coaches and just listen to what they were doing. And when I heard what they were doing, I was like, that's not what I'm doing. Oh, is that coaching? (laughs) Oh, okay. I see. They're asking all kinds of questions. They're taking people through this sort of experience that's leading to a transformation. I had no idea how to do that. And so I decided, well, I still doubted myself a lot. I still didn't, I wasn't convinced that I could actually do it. Um, But I thought, well, I will give it a shot and I will learn (laughs) coaching. And it doesn't matter what the subject is. Doesn't matter if it's health. Doesn't matter if it's career. Doesn't matter if it's relationships. Doesn't matter if it's parenting. How can I help someone create a transformation on anything that's going on in their life? in a conversation or over a series of conversations. And I just decided like, I'm, I'm gonna get good at that. And if I can do that, maybe this will work for me, maybe it won't, but it'll be a very valuable skill. And so I decided to jump in. And one of the things I learned when I committed to learning coaching was that how you do one thing is how you do everything. And this is something that your audience has probably heard. I'm going to guess that may not be earth shattering (laughs) for those of you who are coaches, but just a reminder, like you say, you can't put health in a compartment and life in a compartment and money in a compartment because the patterns that are driving people's behavior, mine too, all of us as humans are reflected in all of it. So you can't pull them apart. And, and that was a huge realization definitely changed the trajectory of my coaching career. And when it came time, when, when we had had enough people, Stacy and I ask us, how do you coach? How do you do it? What are you doing? Will you show me how you do it? What are you doing? <laughs> what is this that you're doing? When it came time to finally like teach people um, who wanted to, who were starting from the beginning to become a coach, right? We teach at a graduate level. We teach at a beginner level. We just knew it could not be just health. It could not be just life. They're just too intertwined. Um, And the fact that health coach trainings that are out there, that they don't have a dual certification to me is bananas. So you're really not equipping people then for what they're actually going to be doing. That is so true, Carrie. Like, like I already acknowledged, it's, it is, um, it is one of the reasons why the way we structure EverCoach, the, the 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 way we structure EverCoach is is very much aligned to saying, hey, how can we bring more and more different trainers 
from a variety of backgrounds to come and teach on our platform, which is why we would we have literally at the time that this podcast is going to go out, we're promoting one of our memberships called Coaching Mastery, which is all about looking at other coaches coach. Literally, those are that is the training. The training is you watch other person coach. You learn different methodology. You do mini quests, which are short seven-day quests that you do in a very particular area, like awareness or how to really work on somebody with regards to health, for example, or uh, uh, doing breath work. It could be any of the areas, but basically multimodality. And what we've learned, like like you like you just said, is the best coaches find their own methodology in time. They learn from various sources, like you did, right? Like it's like you learn from all the sources. You said, hey, you know what? I'm going to just sit, fly on the wall. I'm going to do this training and that training. I'm going to go talk to this friend. I'm going to talk to this friend. And, and then eventually you realize, oh, there is a model that sits under it all. That is a carry model, carry and, and Morgan's model. Uh, and that's the model. And that's basically the model that you teach now. But after getting so many more results on top of it. So that is what I, I feel, firstly, you've hit on a super hot spot of saying health and life and money and anything cannot be disintegrated. Behavior is behavior. If you don't change it holistically, it's going to just like, it may defer the, the, the pain, but it's going to bring the pain because the behavior is still there. You could have solved it in one area temporarily. Uh, but I think that's really powerful. So thank you for doing that. Uh, Kerry, when you were doing this journey, and I'm very interested in this journey because, like I said, a lot of our audience are newer coaches as well or starter coaches, right? And one of the things that happens is overwhelm and confusion at the time when you're trying to figure something out, right? Like the thing that you figured out to say, or even to take a step back where you said, I'm going to take a step back right now. And I'm going to say, all right, I have this health coaching thing, but it doesn't teach me coaching. It's a lot of awareness that that takes, right? Is to say, uh, clearly there's something's off. And it can uh, cause one of the two effects. One could be that you completely are demotivated, underconfident, and you say, screw this, this is not my thing. Or you could say, I'm going to figure this out. Thankfully, you said, I'm going to figure this out. But I'm very certain that the journey to figuring it out wasn't easy. And it took a certain, um, let's just call it a mindset for now, or an attitude or a character that you had to develop to, to get past that time to find your thing. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it, it certainly wasn't easy. And I think the thing that I did was I kept just moving my stopping point. Mm -hmm. Meaning like at the point where I would normally stop and quit, mm -hmm. it just kept inching it forward. Like, okay, I'll quit for five minutes. <laughs> Maybe the rest of today, I'm going to watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I'm going to huddle under a blanket, but then I'm going to go back at it. And I did that at each juncture. And I would tell you, like, I wanted to quit all the time. I didn't believe in myself. I really had no self-confidence. My self-worth was like in the toilet, like, you know. Um, so it was really, really challenging. But if I kept just learning how to not stop, like, cause you don't, there's no failure. There's only stopping. Right. And the other thing that really helped me is that I just became a, a student, a client of the work. I had to be coached. And if I didn't, I, I joked, I said, I hired people to save me from myself because otherwise left to my own devices, I would have spiraled out. Right. And 
So I think that those were the two biggest pieces. And certainly when I did start hiring coaches, well, then that really significantly moved my stopping point forward and forward. And I started doing things that I never believed I could do. Um, and they would be successful. And I was shocked. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. But then I was so motivated to keep going. And I started to learn eventually the skill of resilience. I think that's that's the hardest thing as a new coach is the emotional and mental resilience required to get back up when things don't work and they won't all the time. I mean, I can't say a hundred percent of the time I was successful. It just was maybe 51% of the time. Mm. It was like just over half <laughs> and that was enough. You know, that was enough. Is there, is there a set of um, character skills, attitudes that you feel need to be developed. You spoke to that a little bit. Like, of course, I, I would love to also learn how to delay the, the stopping point. But before that, I have a different question, which is you said uh, you need emotional resilience while you are yeah. building your business. Are there other skills that you go, hey, these are some of the skills that you want to look out for? Hey, you need resilience, like you said, emotional resilience. What are some of those other things that you say or highly recommend your, your students to say, hey, this is the new, you're the new coach. You're going to struggle through the first six months, one year, whatever the time frame is. And here are the right. six skills that you want to keep in your back pocket that has nothing to do with business. It has everything to do with who you are. Right. Well, the way we do it is we we talk about a starter phase in coaching. And that's really your first one to five clients. I actually feel like that's most some of the most precarious moments there because the first client is like, this is the first time I'm getting paid for coaching is somebody handing you money as you, because we think it's us. They're not paying us. They don't care about us. They care about themselves, <laughs> but we, we feel like, Oh, it's me. You know what I mean? And, and crossing that chasm is a big deal. It's a big moment. I remember the, that first check that I got, I copied it. I did put it in a frame. I did put it on my wall. And I, I just, I just cried. Like I couldn't believe it. Right. So that's a big moment. But what, then getting to five, by the time you get to the fifth client, there's a part of your brain that starts to go, maybe I can do this. Maybe this will work. Right. And so in order to, I think one of the things that's important is from a mindset perspective is setting small milestones. Maybe this is, I'm sure this is something that you teach, but too often we go, I want to be a six figure coach. I want to be a best-selling author. I want to be a blah, blah, blah. And the big vision is too big. It's like trying to climb up a ladder and getting like trying to get to the top rung of the ladder, but you haven't climbed any of the others and you're just going to fall down. You can't. Right. So if whenever you're experiencing overwhelm, of course, it's because you're thinking about too much at once, you have to chunk it down to smaller steps. So I think one of the mindsets is being clear on what, what are the first milestones that I need to hit. There's like a clarity there instead of the the kind of fog that we can get into around the big vision. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, we were coincidentally talking about it um, on a recent episode that I did with Stephen Kotler, who wrote the book, Out of the Impossible. He's written the book, Stealing Fire, and many, many, many bestsellers. Yes, I've read uh, Stealing Fire. Yeah, love that guy. Um, and he talks about something called, it's his book is probably coming out this week or something, uh, but uh, he has a new book coming out called The Art of Impossible. And he talks about small eyes and big eyes, which is very much the same idea that you just suggested is to look at your small eyes or your small wins 
uh, and then look for your big I, which is the big impossible that is so far out, which is your purpose, which feels like a daunting task that you'll never get to. But, um, and he gives this um, example of, uh, of people who ride the waves. Um, what do you call them? <laughs> the, the ocean surfers? surfers, yes. So <laughs> the highest wave that has been uh, ridden is, is 50 feet or 60 feet, one of those two numbers. Uh, and people, when they talk to this gentleman who does this all the time, they're like, this is impossible. How do you ride a 50 feet wave or 60 feet wave? And the person's response is, well, you didn't see me last week when I wrote 49.5 and that seemed impossible. And the week before when I did 49 and the week before when I did 48, it's been 25 years. I've been riding waves which are three feet high. I started, I rode my first three feet high wave when I was five years old. And so, yes, today I ride a 50 feet wave. It looks impossible to you, but it's a small eye for me. It's a big eye for you. So very much to the idea that you just said. Yeah, so often we can compare ourselves to coaches who are at the 50-foot wave, yeah. at the 60-foot wave. They have the beautiful website. They have the brand. They have the blah, blah, blah. They have this, that, the other. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I've got to be all that. Well, you're not. We, we have to accept that there. everyone started somewhere. That person at one point had no clients, no confidence, <laughs> no skills, right? And they started somewhere. The only difference is they just they kept going. Yeah. Right. So if we do too much comparing to the the coach that's riding the 60 foot wave and, and like you say, you know, we don't see all the hard work that people put in the, one of your, I believe ever coach teachers, Rich Litvin, yeah. Yeah. right. Didn't he write an article of like. Overnight success in 48 years. Or something overnight like success yeah. or something like that. Yeah. 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 Because nobody sees the nitty gritty and the down and dirty and the first five clients and then the first 10 and then the first 15, like you don't see that because it's not visible, mm-hmm. True. right? So you have to hear other coaches talking about it to remind you, like, if I keep going, then a year from now, I'm going to be in a very different place. Two years from now, I'm going to be in a very different place. If I really commit, even for a year, like, I am going to be a hundred percent different place than I am right now in my skills, in my confidence, in my mindset, in my revenue, all of it. it it's just, we, 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 uh, and I did this too, of fall into the thing of like, it has to be the 60 foot wave now. And if it's not, it's all impossible. And then we implode and fall apart. Mm-hmm. Right? True. Absolutely true. Which brings me to the question. Actually, it kind of leans into the question that I wanted to ask, which is, how do you move that stopping point that you talked about? The, the reason why I asked that question is, again, most coaches in the first round, the first five clients, it's, that's the hard part. People are trying to build that grid in. Um, and a lot of times it feels like uh, maybe, you know, the first kind didn't land for a very long time, for example, or the fifth is not landing or so forth. And you start to go, you know what, maybe this is not for me. How, what is, what is that was going through your mind or what is one should be thinking about or a question one should be asking when somebody's about to hit that stop point? The question that I asked myself or what I was experiencing when I would hit those stopping points is I would look around and I would see other coaches doing it. Hmm. They were doing it. There were coaches that were working, that were making great money, that were helping. They were doing it. So in my mind, I went, this is not impossible. There's just something they know that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I have to find out what that is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I also have to 
choose me. Like once I find out what that is that they're doing, why couldn't I be one of those people? Why not me? You know, there's a way in which I think I felt like success was for other people Mm -hmm. and not for me. And I actually put this together early on when I was a coach, I was still acting professionally and I went into an audition room, you know, you like you try out for a part basically. Mm -hmm. And you walk into a room and there's 20 women who look just like me, (laughs) (laughs) basically, (laughs) you know, for the job. And I would walk into the room and I would look at all the people who were there to audition and I would start casting. I go, oh, she'd be great. They should pick her. Mm-hmm. she'd be great. They should pick her. She'd be great. And one day I, I, w- I noticed myself doing that. And I was like, why don't I pick myself? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they cast me? And it was sort of like that with coaching, like, why not me? And that's what allowed me. And when you think about it, it's actually quite practical. It, it's not like a very, um, intangible or ne- mindset thing. It's a practical, like people are doing it. So it is possible. So I just need to learn what they are doing. I need to do what they are doing to the best of my ability. And then I need to allow myself to go, why couldn't I be one of those people? (laughs) Couldn't I have success? And, And that's what helped me a lot at the beginning. That's beautiful. I call it sometimes as these are the illusions of uh, of otherwise that would seem rational minds is to is to start to believe certain things about themselves and why couldn't I do it seems like a very easy thing to say but most people are not able to say it because they're not able to see themselves cast in that role it's just they don't have that illusion yet of saying no all roles are meant for me that are meant for me are all roles that I should be casted for, I should be casted for because I'll be the best option it's almost like you live in an alternate reality to believe that there is roles that I have to play and clients that I have to serve and businesses I have to build and, and so on and so forth. And because you're living in this illusion, your your otherwise rational mind, which always judges you and says, no, this cannot be you. Or no, that person looks better than you, acts better than you, has a better accent, talks better than you, has better this, has better that. Whatever better is is more deserving than you because of the rationalization of the world that we live in. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Carrie, any final thoughts that you'd love to leave our coaches with as we wrap up this, this conversation? Final thought would be, you know, I think we fear, whether it's you're going into health coaching or life coaching, I think we fear, like you were just talking about, I didn't feel like I looked the part. Mm-hmm. Like I am not a small person. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a skinny mini you know, whatever, never really have been that way. And I thought, well, I can't be a health coach if I don't look that way. If I'm not like taking pictures of myself in workout wear, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then for life coaching is like, well, I can't be a life coach if my life isn't perfect. Mm. I can't tell other people what to do, which is by the way, not what life coaches do anyway, but that's what I thought. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if my life is a mess and I would just share that your personal growth and evolution as a person is a separate skill and journey than your learning of coaching skills. Mm. They're, they're, they're two separate things. It's not like when I become perfect and know everything, then I can help other people. <laughs> it's I'm on the journey. Like I, I'm going to do what I'm asking my clients to do. And I'm going to continue to do that and be committed to that. 
And I still have a skill that can help somebody when I sit down with them in a conversation, can help them find a transformation for them, discover a transformation. So I would just encourage those who feel like they're being held back, that they don't look the part or that they feel like their life doesn't fit what a all together life coach looks like. And by the way, any coach that you follow, I don't care who it is, health coach, life coach, business coach, blah, blah, blah. They're struggling with something. Mm. There's either they're sharing it with you or they're not, (laughs) but they're struggling. And how do I know? Because they're human. That doesn't end. And if you're on a path of evolution and self-discovery, like you're always climbing another mountain. So there's no way that the people you follow that you think have everything together, no, they do not. Mm. Right. And if you're lucky, I'm sure you're hearing from great coaches here in Evercoach who share their struggles, who are not trying to hide it, who are not trying to appear perfect, right? Because nobody wants a perfect coach. Yeah. You can't relate. You know, you want to know that this person has struggles and difficulties, that they're human, right? When you don't graduate from being human, when you become a coach, your humanity actually informs your work, your struggles inform your work and your teaching. That is very, very true. And uh, one of our teachers calls it a growth edge. She says you, you struggle and you get uncomfortable because you're standing on an edge of growth. You're about to take a big leap and it is uncomfortable when you're about to take a big leap and getting uncomfortable is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Being on the edge is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time, Carrie. This was phenomenal. I absolutely loved having this conversation with you. How can our tribe know more about you, about Health Coaching Institute? Well, thank you for asking. I mean, this has been such a fun conversation. I'm so sad. Like, is it over already? (laughs) (laughs) But people can learn more about me on Instagram. They can follow me at Carrie Coaches, and it's C-A-R-E-Y Coaches, like Mariah Carey, C-A-R-E-Y. Or you can learn about Health Coach Institute at www.healthcoachinstitute.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Carrie. It was a delight speaking with you. And I'm sure we'll we'll chat again very, very soon. I look forward to it. Thank you. Wasn't that a fun, powerful, meaningful conversation that we had with Carrie Peters? I'm sure you loved the conversation. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button so you can get a notification every Friday when we release a new episode. Leave us a review so we know that you're loving the episodes that we've been posting Share the Coach podcast with another coach so they can get all this insight and beautiful information and can utilize in becoming a better coach and building their coaching career. Hey, listen, this week we are announcing a special, special price, a special, special deal for you to be able to join Coaching Mastery. I'm going to link it up in the show notes. Make sure you click on that link and join us in Coaching Mastery. Thank you so much for listening. This is Ajit Navlaka, and you're listening to the Evercoach podcast. I am your host, Ajit Navlaka, and every week on the Evercoach podcast, I will bring the world's best thinkers, coaches, trainers to share some of their best ideas to solve real client problems, live a prosperous life, and be an even better version of ourselves.